There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? We back. The football intro is back. It sends chills down my spine. Yeah? Yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm excited. excited. <laughs> you owe me a soda. How does that work, by the way? Is this just the first person to say jinx? You owe me a soda? Right? Yeah, but you didn't even say jinx. Well, I did afterwards. I was still the first person, so All right. get me a pop. You're not a pop person, right? You're a soda person? You say soda? A hundred percent. Hodges, you say soda? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. What would be your favorite soda, by the way? Oh, Dr. Pepper. Really? Yeah, I had a shirt in middle school, Dr. Pepper shirt. I'm I a loved big it. Sprite guy. Sprite? Big nice. Sprite Sierra Mist guy. Thanks. Well, it's actually not Sierra Mist now. It's now Star. Well, I, it, you know what? <laughs> You're a traditionalist. I get it. <laughs> what about you? Sprite. Sprite? Sprite wow. if, I, if I had to choose. But Dr. Pepper, I mean, they're all pretty crisp. I'm not really a soda girl as it is. Okay, fair enough. Just no carbonation or just... A, not, a seltzer, yeah. sure. Okay. Just don't. I just don't love soda, and I'm not normally like this, like, whatever, counting calories, all that. But I just don't like the thought that soda. It just feels. You ever seen like the videos where they show how much sugar is in a soda? Yeah. Just kind of weirds me out. It's not my thing. Yeah, it's not great for you. Not great. But dang, is it delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the Orange Zone Podcast, everyone. The award-winning Orange Zone Podcast. I'm Tommy Sladak. This is Samantha Croston. We have Brendan Hodges on the producer. Mike, we are your place for all things Syracuse Orange. Remind you, you can find every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. You can also find every episode on our CMY Central YouTube page. What up from the Skycam? Also, be sure to follow us on our all-new Instagram and TikTok page for more Orange Zone content. So we're growing the game, and we're also growing our football conversation starting this week. SU football is just one month away. They kick off inside the JMA Wireless Stone against Colgate. With training camp opening up this week, Sam's got her Colgate thermos coffee mug. I brought it just so that... Since I knew we would be talking about it today. She's definitely she's picking, a Red Raider she's picking the Raiders to win. I can tell. Oh, we'll Not find out. Not a Red out. Raider. Just Raiders. Just Raiders. Mm-hmm. Just Raiders. Yeah, they ditched the Red. Well, coming up, um, we have Dino Babers coming on. I had the chance to sit down with him one-on-one this week to talk about his first seven years as this coach. This is a guy that is entering his eighth year. And for someone that grew up on military bases, I found out this is the longest he's ever lived in one place in his life. Unreal. And the fact that he's been here for eight years, for some reason for me, that's almost harder to believe than the fact that this season is one month away. Eight years? Like, where did that time go? And we ask him all about that. So we're going to play it for you right now. We won't waste any more time on Soda Talk, Pop Talk for you. It's Dino Babers hopping on the Orange Zone podcast here. Here is eight questions for eighth-year head coach, Dino Babers. Dino Babers. Entering your eighth season as head coach with the Syracuse football team, does eight feel like a long time? You know what we were talking the other day with my guys, it's the longest I've ever been anywhere in my coaching career. Now, the flip side of that, it's the longest eight years in one city is the longest I've ever been anywhere in my life on this planet. So it feels like home. 
has a special place in your heart then. There's no doubt, no doubt. And in eight seasons, your overall record is 36 and 49. How does that number make you feel? Well, it depends on when you look at the number, okay? It always comes down to win and losing. I think back to the COVID year where we didn't have enough offensive linemen to line up, but we played the season anyway, and 10 of those losses is from that year. We could have took a pass and not played at all, but we'd have been the only team in the ACC not to play. And I really believe that that season led to the season that we just had. Those young men had to be on the football field. They had to play, regardless of what the record was. If we were going to have the bowl season that we had last year, we needed to get those young guys on the football field during the COVID year. And uh, you understand the state of New York treated COVID a little bit different than the other 49 states uh, in the United States of America. So it was different. It was okay. It was hard. And we worked together and we overcame it. But it was very important to finish that season regardless of our uh, lack of numbers when it came to the offensive line. We had a fullback playing offensive line. Think Chris Elmore out there. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. And you, you told me a few years ago that every year is a one-year contract for you. Why are you the right man for the job in 2023, Dino Babers? I was the right man for the job in 2016. I'm still the right man. I don't even think I need to talk about that. If you don't think I've done enough, if you don't think I'm doing the right thing, then, then the employer needs to make a change. I've never doubted myself and never will. What's the success for you this season? Winning. How many? I don't do that. Why put a cap on it? Mm -hmm. Go all the way then. If you're going to go, go all the way. <laughs> uh, I know you, you took a, a million questions about him at ACC Media Day last week, but to have Garrett Schrader back for another year, a name that is known in this community as he enters his senior season, how do you think – what do you think the impact was of this procedure that he underwent and what type of quarterback you're thinking that this fan base is going to see this fall? Well, again, the, what the doctors told us was the same or better. If we can get better, then I'm interested in seeing that as well. So I thought he had a really good year while healthy. Once again, we've got to find a way to keep him healthy. I believe that uh, all the way to the Clemson game, you know, he was healthy. After that game, he really got beat up and then we couldn't use him for a while. If the Clemson game ended up being a win, do you think that would have impacted those next few games, or do you think we would have saw the same outcome based on people going down left and right? I, see, that's the kind of stuff I can't do as a coach. And it's, it's as a fan, you can do that. As a coach, I don't look at that. It's everything. You don't have the is, luxury. It's all real. It's got to all be real. I, the biggest thing that happened uh, after the Clemson game was our starting quarterback got hurt. Now, we took a lot of injuries before that, okay? But – the, the biggest difference was the starting quarterback got hurt. LaQuinn Allen, what's the impact of having him back this fall? You know, we're excited to have LaQuinn back. LaQuinn is a part of our family. He is someone that we think is really talented. We think he plays the game the right way academically. Uh, he is extremely strong. You know, he's had hardships this year, and some people don't understand all the stuff that he's been going through, yet he's still been extremely loyal to Syracuse University. What was that like for you as his offseason was, was rocky, to say the least? He had no offseason. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was go, go, go. And, and to see a, a player that's going through all of that at once as a, as a coach, what were your emotions through, through what he experienced? My emotions were watching how the team responded in bringing him in and letting them know that they were behind him. And that's, that's how our Ohana works. That's how our culture works. And, uh, you know, they, 
they came and said some things to me, and I said, no, let's just see how it goes. And, and uh, I think it worked out for the best for everyone, and we're excited to have him back with us. Stephon Thompson is a player I think that uh, I don't want to say the fan base has forgotten about him, but we just we haven't seen, we saw him for a hot minute in that Louisville game. But it's been two years since number seven was back out there. This sounds like a dude that could have a real big impact for your defense, from what I'm, I've gathered. Steph is uh, Steph was a really good player that nobody knew about, and he got hurt in the first game, uh, along with Chris Elmore. I mean, we lost. I want to say we lost two in the first game. I might be wrong. But um, we lost them both in the same game, and they were both guys that, I'm not going to say were irreplaceable, but based off of how they're playing, both of them would have had a huge impact on the defense and a huge impact on the offense. So it'll be interesting to see if he can come back full strength. If he can come back 90 or better, then we'll have something that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, if he doesn't, there's a lot of competition at his position, and then we're going to have to play the best guy no matter what. Looking at your two coordinators, you have two very different stories. And a veteran that has been at it forever in Rocky Long and Jason Beck, a guy with a young family that's really rising up the ranks here. To have the two almost polar opposites in terms of their stories to get to here, is that on purpose? Do you like having that mix in your coaching staff? Not on purpose. You know, Rocky's someone that uh, he kind of falls underneath the same umbrella as Robert and I last year. Robert and I have never coached with each other, but everybody Robert knew, I knew, and everybody he knew, knew me. So those people told us, hey, you two guys can coexist. And uh, Robert did a fantastic job for us last year. Rocky's along the same road. Rocky and I have never worked together, but all of his good friends are good friends of mine, and my good friends are good friends of his. And once again, they said, hey, you guys can pull this off. You guys can do this. You'll be okay. And I'm excited to see what he's going to bring. And uh, it's, I mean, the guy's co- been a head coach longer than I have. And now he's in charge of the defense. We really feel like uh, we've got something special there. And then uh, Coach Beck is a, is a riser. And I really think with the staff that he has around him, someone in the, in the offensive staff said this to me the other day. And when I, I thought on it, I'm like, wow, I had never thought about that. Everybody in the offensive staff room has been a coordinator before. Everybody in that offensive staff room that's an assistant has been an offensive coordinator before. And now for Coach Beck to get an opportunity at this level for the very first time with a room with that many veterans around and with his mind, I mean, he called, to me, he called a heck of a game uh, in the bowl game, okay? He really did for his, for his first call for Syracuse. And I'm looking excited. I'm really excited to see what he can do in the future for us. Thank you. That's all I need from you, man. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. So there you have it. Appreciate Coach taking the time to sit down with me. The next step is to have him here in this physical studio. Absolutely. So that's in the works. That's in the works. And I think we have a good enough relationship with him where I think he would really enjoy it. And I think we'd be able to have a lot of fun with it. But that was, that was nice because it really felt like, um, you know, on the side, I was able to get into a little bit more of, you know, Dino personally, where where he is at, where he's at mentally, being here in Syracuse eight years. But to be able to get into the nitty gritty, reflect on last year, look forward, it was it was it was a good good sit down. What stood out to you? Well, what he said before we even get into the football aspect of it, I love when you guys talk about that first question. Has eight years felt like a long time for you? He mentions that he's 
never been in any place for eight years in his life. And I'd be curious off to the side if you guys talked more about his experiences in Syracuse, because I think this is a guy that truly just bleeds orange and loves the Syracuse community. He does. And he talked, you know, we, we, spoke about how much has happened for him in these eight years. He's watched daughters get married. He has two grandsons now. And being able to, you know, they're at the age where he's like, wait, they're understanding me now. So he has experienced a lot of big life moments in here. And as we talked about, it feels like home for a dude that grew up an army brat. And so here we are. It's 2023. Dino Babers has been here for 2016. And he knows, or he says that he's the right man for the job, and that he's never going to doubt himself. I noticed that too. He said, I've never doubted myself. He also said, why put a cap on it when you talked about how many wins this season? And I do like that mindset. I appreciate the fact that you mentioned it. His overall record was 36 and 49. And looking at that on paper, anybody could look at that number on paper and think that's not great. But there is more to the story. He talks about the COVID year and the lack of players on the offensive line. And I like when you're asking him about that question, how he talks about the fact that he believes the experience that that, those young men had is part of the reason why the season was so great last year. We all know that Coach Babers really cares about winning and he wants to win and he knows the fan base wants to win. But I also got the feeling like experience and long-term success is always what he has as a priority in the back of his mind, even more so than winning in the short term. I like somebody who has a mindset like that. Maybe that's the mindset Steve Cohen has, and that's why the Mets are in the place they're in right now. <laughs> you got to sneak in the Mets in there. You're paying for that entire fan base. I feel you. But you're, <laughs> you're right, though. It was uh, I, I enjoyed what he had to say about answering the question about his overall record, but if you do take the COVID year away, that's still a losing record. That then becomes 35 and 39. And that's something that, as a coach, you have to answer to. Two bowl games in seven years. You have to answer to that. But it almost feels like the, the remnants of COVID and how it impacted this team and college teams in particular, it felt like we felt it up until last year. This year, in a way, I think for him, truly does feel like a fresh start with that. Which is weird because you're right. I feel like not even just in football, across many different sports, we've had interviews and conversations where even three, four years down the line um, since COVID, how, how many years are we out since COVID? 2023 20, years pretty much? Since it started? Or, yeah, yeah, three, a little like bit three over years. three and a half. Maybe three years. There were still people who were saying, you know, this is my first real season or this is the season where everyone's back or things are back to normal. But I do think we're certainly past the point at, at this point where this season has to be that fresh start for everyone. And as you said, there are certain things you just always have to answer to. I can almost guarantee, and I hope it doesn't happen, knock on wood, but there are injuries every year. There are sicknesses every year. There are always going to be things that this team has to overcome. And it seems like for this team, that you know will and, and all of the things that they have to overcome, it kind of all culminates towards the end of the season, towards that November-type month. Right. So we'll see what happens down the line. We will see what happens. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
And Dino, you didn't mention it here, but talking about Garrett Schrader, there are people out there, uh, experts in college football, that believe that he could be you know, a stone's throw away from being truly one of the elite quarterbacks of college football this year. And we're talking about a guy that not just transferred schools, dealt with uh, you know, being pushed to a wide receiver position for a year, but someone that has not had the same offensive coordinator once for two years in a row. What's different this year is his quarterback coach from last year is now leading the offense in a similar style. Someone that worked under Rocky Long. It's an offense that Garrett knows. It's an offense that he's excited about. And that, to me, feels so promising and so exciting. But as Dino mentioned when talking about LaQuinn Allen and has mentioned it this summer, is the LaQuinn Allen story and what he is able to do on the field this fall, it comes down to that offensive line. And can that offensive line block for him? Can they block for Sean? Can they block for Garrett Schrader? And they, can they let this offense flourish? Because it comes down to the trenches on offense. It comes down to the trenches on defense. And that, to me, is my biggest question mark heading into week one. How is that offensive line going to look? It sure does. But back to your point from what you were just saying a few moments ago, I think people underestimate how big of a deal that is, that Garrett Schrader was able to have some of that consistency. That's a story I've been through. I had seven or eight coaches throughout my time in college, and I really feel like that inconsistency, it's really hard. It's a little nerve-wracking. You sort of always feel like you're fighting for your position, which in a way, I guess you always are. But Having those people around you who you know support you, who you know are confident in you, I think it's going to make a huge difference, not to mention the surgery. So there are a lot of things that you would hope would make him feel mentally very ready and very prepared for this upcoming season. And for those of you that are new to the Orange Zone, Sam's elite athleticism was used as a goalkeeper at Colgate for women's lacrosse. So shout out, Sam. Shout out, Brendan Hodges, McAllister College in Minnesota. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Nailed it. How are you doing, by the way, Hodges? What did, what did you take away from the podcast? What are your thoughts towards Dino Babers getting an eighth shot here this fall? Well, I mean, as you know, I, I put that little piece together thanks to your lovely work as well as our uh, chief photographer, Andy Wolf. Shout Y'all out, did a fantastic Andy. job on that. Thank you. Um, so much that wasn't included in that just because we're sticking to more of like the X's and O's, guys coming back, looking ahead to the season. Um. Dino Babers is a likable guy. He is. He is a good man to lead a football program, and mm. you only there are only so many of those. Like you can, it doesn't get more likable than no, him. you know, it doesn't. I'm so with you, Brendan, and it and it. I think a lot of people, which I understand this mindset, feel like well, just because he's a good guy doesn't mean he's a good coach. Just because he's a good guy doesn't mean he's the right guy for the job. But being a good guy can make you a good coach. My college coach was one of the best guys I have ever met. His name's Tony Jennison. He's not coaching anymore, but he still works at the school, still connects with me and former teammates that he recruited. And it, it's being genuine. It's being a father figure. It's being fatherly, and it's being accepting of a player's, a teenager, reminder, these guys are teenagers or young adults, 18 mm-hmm. to 22, maybe 23 if you count the whole COVID thing. Y- you need someone like that because you're growing up and you're not growing up in a way that every other college student is. There's structure. There are rigors to this life they're living that you need a coach for, and he is maybe not one of the best in terms of winning, but one of the best in terms of relating to his players and being there for them. With you the whole way. 
with you 100%. And I think it's just so, it's so important. I think what Brendan said, people are, they're growing up during this college process and they're growing up probably faster than a normal teenager. There's a lot more pressure on these guys just on a daily basis. And then you come to a school like Syracuse, there is a ton of media coverage, outlets. People want to know things. They want to ask you questions. There's a lot that you need to be able to do and you're always representing the university. I feel like Dino Babers, I've always loved when he talks about, you know, Ohana means family and family means no one gets left behind. You know, this guy really cares about the players on and off the field, no matter who's playing, no matter who's starting, no matter how good they are. I think as long as you give this guy your 100%, you get 100% from him. And Brendan said it, man. Every time you sit down with him, he's just he's just a likable guy. And he's as just you, a nice dude. And as you guys might know, he's he's a huge movie buff. Huge. And he normally tries to create analogies that tie back to some of his favorite flicks. And he was talking about today about how he was up at 4 a.m. Normally isn't. But he's like, I still got my five hours and I was fine. So he's like, I was watching The Equalizer. It went in <laughs> on a whole thing on Denzel. Lovely movie, by the way. But he had first asked, he's like, who's the, you know, who's the actress? And we're like, Queen Latifah? He's like, no, the movie. So, again, he knows how to work with people. His character shows. And end of the day, he's the type of person where I think a majority of this fan base would love to see him here for the long run. But at the end of the day, they want to see wins. And that's his job, end all, be all, is to go ahead, get these guys set academically and athletically and set them for the rest of their lives. But it also comes down to who's getting the W, who's getting the L on Saturdays. So moving on. One guy that was not mentioned in the interview, just for the sake of time, Aronde Gadsden. He and Garrett Schrader are a part of the Maxwell Award watch list. The award presented to the most outstanding player in college football is 85 players. Cuse is one of 16 schools with multiple players selected. Both guys very exciting. Gadsden, one of those dudes where um, I mean, he's going to be playing on Sundays. There's, I, my expectation, expectations for him are nothing short of that. He has all the makings of an NFL wide receiver, and I'm so excited to see him this year. Remind me, last year, yes, weren't these two players also on the list, or at least one of them? They might have had like a mid-season. Brendan, is there like a it, mid-season? It would have been a mid-season list if there is one. I yeah, don't know. Off I can't the top remember of either. But end of the day, Gadsden was first team All Conference as a tight end. Technically, he was asked about that at ACC Media Day. Are you a wide receiver? Are you a tight end? He's like, I'm a combo. To me, I think it just allows Beck in the offense to create kind of madness and a little bit of chaos mm -hmm. in that offense to throw off defenses. And that's, I think, why there's that mystery around where he lines up. But he's big. He's a weapon. He's definitely he's a weapon, and he's definitely gotten bigger this offseason. So I would not be surprised if we see him lined up, um, you know, maybe, maybe on the edge. We'll find out. I kind of like the fact that he self-identifies as a combo. Sort mm -hmm. of makes it hard for people to figure out, okay, what exactly is going on here? But I think that's part of the mystery, part of the excitement that he – is so versatile you know right. it must make him even more of a threat exactly so exciting stuff there we'll see how it ends up and we'll be looking to speak to Aronde and some of those guys uh later this week when training camp starts electric feeling out there and uh can't wait can't wait but before we head out producer brendan's got his weekly trivia brendan take it away before that poll question would you rather use the term hybrid or weapon in terms of Aronde gadston or like a debo samuel type in the nfl for uh, other casual fans i think hybrid makes more uh, sense because I, like I think hybrid. a weapon could be just a weapon at one position yeah i don't think that necessarily 
you know, identifies with versatility. Fair enough. We were yeah. called hybrids in college as well. It was like a tight end receiver sort of thing. That was yeah. my position group. Like anyway, that. today's trivia question, um, unofficially sponsored by ACC football coaches everywhere, as Tommy can see on our notes. Um, name every ACC head football coach who has had a longer tenure at their current program than Dino Babers. Okay. So I happen to know this, I think, pretty well. Oh. Yeah? Except I'm going to blank on Pride a name or two. Pride comes before the fall, I'm, I'm going to blank, blank on a <laughs> name or two here. I believe, if I have this right, out of the ACC schools, I believe there are four longer-tenured coaches than Dino Babers. That's correct. Okay. Oldest, I believe this was 2008, Dabo Sweeney. Oh, I was thinking. Tommy. Dabo Sweeney. Tommy, 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 Tommy. It was 2009. Ah, you're good. Okay, you're so good. Dabo. Yep. Uh, we also have, oh boy. Mm. Dave Doran, NC State. Would you like to try for the year since you apparently do know your stuff today? Let's go with 2015. 2013. Mm. But you still get the point for Dave Doran. Okay. Any guesses, Sam, or you want me to just keep rattling? You can keep my guess was Dabo Sweeney. Okay. Doran, Sweeney. It's gonna be Dave Kloss and Wake Forest. That one is twenty fifteen. That's twenty fourteen, oh! but you've gotten the three in order so far. Okay. Hmm. And then there's one that's twenty fifteen. I need to type out the schools here. FSU, Mike Norvell has not been there that long. Um, UNC, Duke, BC, Miami, uh, Virginia Tech, Virginia, mm-hmm. Pitt. Oh, um, hmm. Riveting, I think uh, riveting it. I think podcast. Okay, sorry, sorry. All right, last coach. The ACC coaches that have longer tenures than, D- than Dino Babers is Pat Narduzzi Pitt, 2015. That is correct. I applaud you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. He knew it. Woo! That feels good. No, no even like, <laughs> there wasn't like an asterisk next to it. That was just a win. That was just a win. Don't Come get on, too cocky. Don't get too cocky, my friend. It's going to be W's all season for us <laughs> oh, at the table. Okay. Okay. W's all season. Let, let's not. Normally Hodges embarrasses us, so this feels it, good. Honestly, <laughs> it makes me feel worse now. Like something that that I'm really going to feel regretful about for a couple of weeks okay. is trivia last week when I knew I really feel like I knew what I should have guessed and I didn't. Remember his trivia question last week? I don't even remember week? what it was. I can pull it Refresh back. Us. I have my. Uh, the stall, what was the team name again? Stall for a bit. I have to scroll back in my notebook here. What was the question? The question was, ah, out of the seven teams in this year's, um, what is this? Oh, um, uh, Maui Invitational. Yes. Syracuse has only played one. <laughs> and it was uh, Chaminade, the Silver Sword. The Silver Swords. Yes. <laughs> the Silver Sword. That's great. <laughs> Writing was written on the wall with that one. Yeah. But that was, that was a great classic, question. Brendan. D2's finest, at least in Hawaii. D2's finest, baby. All right. Well, hey, that's the Orange Zone Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you're new to us, 
thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. It's going to be a really exciting year with Syracuse sports. We should be having Super Bowl champion James Mungro back with us this fall, and just can't wait to get started with it. Training camp, football is near. I can smell it. I can I'm taste excited. It. Sam can taste it. We're out of here. Orange Zone Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Peace.